Mikael, my good friend. Yeah, we are live. <laughs> we, are, we are live. Finally. Yeah. Mikael, you're meant to be my co-host for this show, and I feel like you've been letting me ride solo for four episodes now, so... That's true. It's about time you come on, and... I'm so sorry. Well, we <laughs> did try a few times. I had something, or you had something. That's true. And then sometimes we, we decide to go to the gym over doing our podcast... Well, at least you decide to go and do over the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and yeah. Usually I, you know, am with the kids or being lazy or whatever it might be. Priorities. Priorities. Yeah. But we're going to talk a little bit about uh, investing, stocks, yeah. Yeah. a little bit about fitness because it's what we do together. Yeah. And what else? I don't know. Let's just see what comes up. Just but you were just asking me about... Um, yeah, the book. Jocko Willink. Yeah. I, I really like it. I think, you know, I, I liked uh, also another book, uh, Ant Middleton. Okay. Um, you know, he he's on this SAS Who Dares Win show. Okay. Do you know about that? No, no. But it's it's a it's a show where they bring like average normal people and they take them through an SAS selection course. And uh, he has a couple of good books. And um, yeah, I don't know. I like the way they're written by these military dudes. Yeah. And and this one this one's very good also. Yeah, I don't know about the other guy, but I have followed Joko a bit, so yeah. Yeah, and I guess he's on the Joe Rogan podcast as well. And yeah, he has been, but I haven't. Yeah. I haven't listened to those episodes actually. They're good episodes. You should yeah. listen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, from a leadership perspective, you know, he's he's pretty clued on what's going on. So yeah, you should check it out. But I have to I have to plug in and thank uh, Andre from Best in Hell. So Andre is behind the camera and he's, he does all our filming and editing and, and all that kind of thing in his business, Best in Hell. Uh, it provides marketing, marketing and photography solutions for small businesses. And uh, yeah, that's a good job. Mate, can't recommend him, can't recommend him more. I, yeah. I tell everyone that's like, hey, do you know a photographer, a guy that can help me with my social media or layouts? I'm like, man, call Andre straight away and he also just started this is interesting he just uh he's the co-founder of a business called munchie yeah and we spoke about munchie on a podcast with um mario henningson i think it was episode three and and mario started a company called dropx and dropx provides delivery solutions for like retail products um and now he has started a company that's delivering food, same like Vault and Foodora, but without any commission to the restaurants. Oh, okay. So, pretty cool. Yeah. He dyed his hair yellow and, I don't know, he's looking a bit slim shady-like at the moment, but that's okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, and then, you know, I want to give a little bit of background on, on who you are because, so, I actually don't remember how we met. It was a magical moment. <laughs> Okay, no. tell me more about this magical moment. <laughs> you don't remember anything. No, well, you were too I drunk. <laughs> apparently, I was there. <laughs> no, I, don't, I think we met at the gym. That's probably where we have met. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We first started talking about... Um, I had the idea of utilizing plots yes. or areas of land as like almost a subscription model utilizing micro houses or yeah. mini houses yeah 
And sustainability. Oh, sustainable. Sustainable. sustainable yeah. Living. Yeah. That's right. the idea. Yeah. Right. What and we're still, kind of, we're still kind of, we're doing small things on that, but it's, yeah, it's hard work. So we, the, so we contacted a company called Coda. Yep. Uh, they're, they're 24 to 36 odd square meter. Uh, movable movable small. small units yes and we've been trying to bring those into finland as a f- entry to first home buyers option to sustainable living yeah yeah compact living exactly yeah but it's been tough yeah it's been really tough we've been trying to get uh, projects with uh, city of Porvo, but uh, there's always something that stops that project yeah so but next year maybe next year maybe yeah we'll do some work on it over the winter and see what comes up yeah our our most recent one was to convert for those of you that aren't from Portovos Portovos is a very small city it is yeah and uh, around 50,000 people right and we uh, we had a, a a lead on converting the old pumping station yes. into a well actually we were only going to utilize the rooftop yeah. to put these compact units from Coda onto that rooftop and and uh, create a cool urban. suburban urban yeah. living style place yeah but it turns out the building's derelict and it needs to be knocked down right was that what happened with that yeah and they're not they're not like uh too certain that it will sustain the weight on top of the roof so that was a problem right but i think that that could be somehow we could manage that but i don't know we don't get any answers from Porvo city yeah that's right but we have to bombard them that's the problem and that's true also. none of us have done that no but did time. you also see that coda had just put um, a second story on their ones in Austria. No. Yeah. So okay. they, it looked like just from the photos that they had built this steel frame yeah. around the lower units to put these to put a second story on top of it. Yeah, and they had built like a kind <clears throat> of terrace around them and made like this cool. Thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so can... they're they're not stacked like on top of each other, but no. a bit like. Yeah, they're a bit like they're you know they're the lower ones are facing this way and. Yeah. And the other ones are oh, on top, like yeah, yeah. The, facing cool. the opposite way. Yeah, yeah, it looked really cool. You should check out check out the social yeah. media because otherwise they are stackable. Like yeah, they can go on top, top yeah. directly yeah. on top of each other. But if you want to like have them in different directions, then okay. right, right, yeah, wow, yeah, they're kind of like shipping containers out there where they can support the weight on all four walls. Yeah, but there's no like central exactly. wall or anything. So exactly. If you turn it the other way, then it's a bit weak. Yeah, the pumping station, I, I think that with some steel bars or something, like, we could support them from the walls of the pumping station. Yeah, I totally agree. But let's see. But hey, maybe one day. Maybe. Let's see. Yeah. I actually had a meeting with, with Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Colleen, business partner, obviously. Yeah. With, with VR Money upstairs and <coughs> and uh, Thai Street Food Project. We had a meeting oh, this, this morning. Okay about his Marski project and uh, obviously one of the big things at the moment with the Ukrainian war going on is the the cost of building materials and that's been now holding up that project in Marski because uh, too expensive made the building 
material cost is just insane at the moment. Yeah. Even for that, I'm doing the garage conversion of my house and it's like, you know, 30% more what it usually would be. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Steel is up like 60, 70%. It's insane. So yeah, and it will probably still keep on rising. Yeah. And and you're you're a design engineer for Enervent, right? I'm yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually the R and D manager, so I'm the research development and innovation manager for, for Enervent. Cool. And Enervent does ventilation solutions. Ventilation solutions, yes. Right. Units. How are you guys going with the shortage of materials and, and chips and is this affecting you guys? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a struggle. Uh, actually, the business is good. We have uh, like uh, record months of sales, uh, probably because all companies are struggling with getting materials and parts and so on. We have somehow, or with good people, of course, uh, sourced materials and got. We, we have been able to deliver, even though there's a lot of problems. So we have. We have so far so good, but uh, but it's stacking up and uh, it will not get any easier. I think this autumn will be the hardest. Okay, that's your prediction. You think this is going to go long term? Yes. I, I don't think that uh, 2023 will be any easier. I think it will ease at 2024. Okay. Yeah, because there's a lot of backlog, even right. though that material will start to come in and, you know, uh, all companies are now trying to find other sources and um, and countries are are uh, starting to produce within their own country and and china is is like out of the question us is starting to do their own microchips uh, europe is starting to produce their own microchips and so mm. on so there there will be uh, an ease at some point but it takes time and the backlog is like humongous yeah is this backlog <coughs> a result of covid or the war or both it's both okay. it's both yeah but you think like now do you think it could be a positive thing though i mean long term so if we think you know it was kind of monopolized the way in yes. which we produced it yes. historically <clears throat> yes and now people are being forced to like europe creating microchips yes it could be beneficial for us in the long term i think it it will be in some sense i think that companies will be even more effective okay uh, prices will probably be higher. I mean, of course, it's cheaper to produce in China 50% of all the, the needed materials, but there's shipping costs, there's all this kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so I think that the, the efficiency will go up in some sense. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, let's see. It's hard to say. It's yeah. hard to say. You can always just, it's just yeah. thoughts. There are many predictions. That, but I, I feel that it, it will probably benefit uh some companies yeah in the long run yeah yeah i think it's really going to be really interesting to see what happens economically from here especially on the production standpoint finland we produce a lot of wood and so on and so forth yeah. and or we have a lot of trees at least but yeah. we send a lot of it overseas from what i understand yes mainly for the cutting resources and so on and so forth but we do make paper here we do, right? yeah. yeah. Which I found really interesting because I'd never driven past a paper factory oh, really? before. Yeah. And then one day I was like, what the fuck is that smell? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it smells so bad. Yeah. And then people started telling me they're paper factories. Yeah. And there you go. Fun yeah. fact. Yeah. But what do you think Finland is going to you know, actively pursue some kind of manufacturing that was previously done overseas or? That's an interesting question. I <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't thought that much about Finnish economy and 
the Finnish companies. I'm not that into them. I'm mostly, if we talk about stocks and that, I'm in the US market mostly. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting question because when you when you start thinking about all the the costs of the of the deliveries, I mean, the boat shipping and uh, everything, mm-hmm. and I don't think that. Uh, that gas or fuel prices will go, they will go down, but that not, not that much. Because yeah. of course, now they have found the opportunity to raise the prices, why would they dump them? Because yeah. the oil prices are actually not at the top anymore, but you don't see that in the fuel prices. No, and that's know, it's, it's always, but it's always that way. It is, yes. It's exactly, always that way. As exactly. soon as the barrel increase in price, yeah. boom. Yeah. Price of fuel skyrockets. Yeah, when it yeah. starts coming down, <laughs> the cost of fuel goes way slower. Exactly. But in saying that as well, and I actually had this conversation with my with my father while we we're in Australia, and Australia's almost come back to normal while I was there. Yeah. Um, it's it's back down to like one sixty or you know ish per yeah, liter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Australian dollars. Yeah. So it's around one one ten in euros. euros. Yeah. Yeah, roughly yeah. one ten, yeah. one twenty. Yeah and uh which is pretty good but the the conversation that i was having with my dad is that they also uh saw this shortage of fuel coming so they had increased the amount of fuel they purchased at one time so even though the barrel cost is going down they bought so much so high because they were concerned about the shortage that they're gonna have to sell of for course, that time yeah, for a long period. Of course, yeah. yeah. Even though the prices go down for the raw oil, right? Uh, they have bought such a big batch in high price, so they have to keep the prices high. Exactly. So of course, that's that's one reason. Also. But isn't it interesting though? Like when you look at when you look, right, all businesses price fluctuate, yeah. right? In the restaurant industry, we have you know the produce price fluctuates by season, so on and so forth. But menu price doesn't fluctuate, but if you think of it from like a business model perspective, wouldn't it be interesting if everything just fluctuated with one core resource? <laughs> like yeah, imagine like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? One day you go to the sushi buffet and the sushi buffet is like seven euros 50, yeah, right? Because yeah. the price of salmon is super cheap. Yeah. And then the price of salmon goes up the next week and you go yeah. next and you go, it's like 12 euros. Exactly. You know, but it's strange because what other, what other thing increases so, vol- you know, yeah, the volatility, the volatility, volatility of yeah. it, you know, apart from fuel. Not many things. Not, not, many, not many things, things like no, on a daily no, basis, no, you know no. what I mean? Yeah. So I find that really interesting. Yeah. But I, I understood, uh, I mean, in the, in the restaurants and so on, you have, well, the margins aren't that good, but you have some sort of margin that is there for the volatility. But I, what I have, I don't know, this is not my expertise, but I have understood that the way that uh, like fine dining restaurants, especially can control this like price fluctuations, is by decreasing the size of the portion. So they make it a bit smaller to like compensate the price rises, for example. Yeah, that's true. Like you can, you know. It's easier it, than to show it to the customer that you have to raise the prices. They keep the same prices, but they cut down on the Yeah, and I mean, you can, it's very, you know, you can tell very little, little if it's 100 grams of, of exactly. beef or yeah. 110 or exactly. 120 or whatever it might be. Exactly. So if you reduce the, the size of the steak by 10%, yeah. the customer usually doesn't see. No. But in our case, you know, for, for Momotoko, um, uh, our, the way in which, you know, we're, because we don't do any deep cooking in the restaurants and everything's kind of outsourced, purchased, 
because yeah. we're you know we're we're utilizing so much product now yeah that that's the best way to maintain quality yeah and for us we're very specific in the way in which we measure out portions one for consistency over like the chain because you know now we have eight restaurants soon 11 and uh you know when one customer goes here or in Turku, they want the same size of course, portion yeah yeah right? yeah fast casual restaurant same you exactly know? Yeah. but if you think about like mcdonald's you know sometimes you get a large fries and it's like full and sometimes I'm not, yeah you know what i mean and yeah. sometimes you get yeah. it and it's like half empty and i'm not saying that that's that's not what they're doing on purpose to save money no no but it's just a, a matter of operational inefficiency yeah so we try yeah. to kind of as in as many areas as we can eliminate that possibility but it's hard it's hard to manage yeah yeah and i think that chain restaurants is a completely different story than of course like fine dining oh 100 yeah yeah 100 so. we actually uh you know shout out to tommy bjork we he just opened a new restaurant in called Sancho May. Okay. Uh, in Helsinki, in the Kamp. Okay. Hotel Kamp. So I really want to go there. It looks amazing. It's, you know, fine dining uh, Japanese food. Okay. So yeah. Just side note, I think we should go. <laughs> Why not? Why <laughs> Why? not? Yeah. 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 But talking about stocks, so you you mentioned that you're, you're mainly in the US. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on with the, with the with stocks? The, with the stocks? Well, I, I guess it's not an anything that nobody knows about or it's in, the, in that case uh, or in that sense like uh, unnoticed by anyone but i mean crypto and stocks they have all plummeted so uh, of course uh, why have they plummeted have they plummeted too much that's always up for discussions but of course what do you mean by too much i mean <clears throat> of course there are are like uh, equities that that drop, drop too much because people are over leveraged okay um so usually in this in these cases of course and of there's so many things that have uh, affected the stock market but uh, for example they they got a lot of of uh, support by the government for the covid in in the u.s markets so free money so there was a lot of money running around so people of course put the money in stocks and crypto and so on uh that raised the price like they were over overpriced so people paid too much for them uh, and of course, when it's booming, people also think, "All oh, right, crypto, NFTs, everything—they they, they skyrocketing. I'm, I'm becoming a millionaire." So they take a loan, or they take like, uh, what's it called? They—they—they uh, they, they invest on margin, so they take okay. like they over leverage. It's like a loan. Uh, but then the problem is that when something starts to plummet, uh, if you're on margin, you have to start paying back for the margin. If you don't have liquidity. They are, uh, you get the mar margin call, so you have to liquidate whatever you have to be able to pay back the margin that you have. Oh, okay. And that causes that, uh, for example, th this is just an example, but if somebody has bought like Bitcoin for at its top and it drops 20% and they have taken like, uh, uh, bo bought it on margin, uh, they might get a margin call to be able to pay back for for, for the losses. Um, and that might cause them to liquidate some stocks, for example, uh, like uh, Google or, or right. whatever. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then when they have to liquidate, that causes that stock to go down. And now we're talking big money, not like small. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. 
because there are institutional investors also with big money and so on. So that causes that stock to go down. And that can cause somebody else that has taken leverage on that stock to be liquidated. And he has, so it's, it's like a domino effect. Right, for the trading rookies out there, because I, I, me myself, I'm a trading rookie, right? Me right? too, me too. Right, but I'm a rookie also. But you're, I think you're more committed than I am. Uh, yeah. But how did you get started into the market? Like, did you, do you, do you use uh, what what platform do you use? What do you recommend? Why? Ah, uh, that's uh, I, I don't. Uh, this is not an investment advice, <laughs> as they always say. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't say that I recommend anything. I I'm on. The, the Giro, yep. so that's a Dutch uh, company. Right. Uh, why am I in the Giro? Because it's uh, the cheapest way to invest in uh, US stocks if you live in uh, Europe. Okay. So they have the smallest fees and so on. Right. Yep. Uh, of course, those always fluctuate and change and so on. Yeah. Uh, but currently, or at least in the past, that was the cheapest uh, platform to invest in U.S. stocks. Okay. It's not a trading platform in any way. It's quite simple. Um, I don't know how safe it is. I mean, it's always safe to use uh, if, if we would be in the U.S. Or, or anything like that. There's like TD Ameritrade and these. They're very big, big, big like okay. investment companies and they have like the liquidity and, and it's safer in that sense. Uh, but many in the Finnish market use, uh, what's it called? Nornet. Nornet. Yes. Yeah. And that's a safe. I would say that that's probably one of the safest. Is that one, of the, one of the biggest trading platforms in Probably here in Finland. In Finland. Yeah. 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 And, and on, on Nordnet, can you, can you trade both Finnish and US yes. stocks? Yes. And did they just open up to crypto recently? I think so. I'm not, I'm not, I think they might have known it. Yeah. I'm not sure, but yeah. Don't quote me on that. But, but, but for crypto, there's a lot of different, there's like Coinbase and there's, there's a lot of different. Yeah. I I have Coinbase and and Binance. Binance. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Speaking of coins, Andre, Andre buys all the cheap coins. Really? (laughs) Terra Luna is like (laughs) going, yeah. Hungry bears. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know what that is. No, Some yeah. pancake swap and everything. Oh, okay. Until they get the, the shit coins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They can, you know, they're, those are the ones that got me rich. So. Yeah. 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 Dogecoin, like, well, yeah, yeah. Dogecoin only bought on Binance when it just got there. But like, Hungry Bears, like, they can give you a couple hundred a day. <laughs> <laughs> if you get lucky, of course. Yeah. Jump on that. He, he put on his social media when you want to cry, it's time to buy. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I have quite a small portfolio these days. We've spoken about this so many times. Yeah. But actually, you, you downloaded Weeble. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me on my laptop. Yeah. And my phone, actually. And that's pretty handy. It is. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's good. You, you can't trade in Europe with Weeble. But you no, can. but it's good to follow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, they have quite a good platform to just to see uh, the the tickers and uh, see how it's going so yeah and you can you can kind of you can get a really good overview yes and there's news there's like right I think it's like because it's free yeah so it's a it's a good platform just to if you just want to follow the the stock and if it's going up or down or so yeah 
it's a trading platform in that sense. So it's not like uh, like Degido is not a trading platform. They not they not have good tools for that. But Weeble, for example, have very good tools, so you can do Fibonacci's and all this kind of stuff to follow the the candles and see where it's going. Right. So there's a lot of different strategies when you go into trading, if you're day trading or if you're whatever you're doing. Yeah, but I'm a long-term investor, so I'm not trading. I'm not like uh, buying today Warren, Warren and Buffett selling style. tomorrow. Yeah, it's more like Warren, Warren Buffett. Yeah. So my trading style, uh, or not trading style, but I'm investing. So I, the put money I put into stocks, they are there for at least 10 years. Have, it, have you read uh, up or down? It's there. Have you read uh, Benjamin Graham's The Intelligent Investor? I have read, uh, not read it, but I have listened to the audiobook. Right. Yeah. It's thick. It's thick. It's long. I've, yeah. I've read it twice, actually. Really? Yeah. I From still don't get half of the stuff. I, I have a I have a paperback. Yeah. 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 And actually, it was recommended to me by my by my uncle. Okay. Um, who, who was an accountant with Deloitte and. And now he's happily retired in Bondi and surfs every day. And yeah. so he did something right. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was recommended to me by him. And he said, if you want to start investing, you have to read this at least three times. Have you read uh, Richest Man in Babylon? No. I have recommended it to you. Oh, yeah, probably. But my memory is like a goldfish and you know that. Yeah, that's a book like from the 50s, 60s. Okay. And uh, that's very known in the banking industry and so on. It's, it's like stories that... Uh, it's it's like it's like a Bible in a right. sense, but it tells you in a simplistic way what what uh, like investing is all about. Right. I'm going to put links into the podcast description of these books. Sure. Yeah. Because I think they're they're good. I think they're good for people to read. Yeah, they are. They yeah. are. Yeah. And and you know, just for the mindset, it's it's like very yeah, simple sure. things. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to be in a specific state of mind to read these books, though. Yeah, like you, they're, yeah. They're, they're not like nine o'clock before bed. No, read twenty no. pages. Like they're no. not like that. You know this. That's why I like this. You know, Jocko Willink and, and um, you know, Anne Middleton. You know, they're they're easy enough to read that you can kind of read. You know, twenty fifteen twenty pages and get tired and go to sleep. Yeah, but but you know, banking investing. Yeah, you need to you need to focus and and be controlled. But the the richest man in Babylon is in that sense easy because. Uh, it's talking about the time, the age when Babylon was like at its prime, and they talk about the richest man, and uh, they like it's it's just stories how he got so rich and so on. Okay. And there's like combined different stories of different people's like uh, life and how they got the gold right. that cling it at right. their side. Well, I I have to yeah. It's it's a, it's it's I like it's, it. yeah, and it's it's an easy easy like read in that sense. It's very simplistic like rules. So there's like mm-hmm. five different rules that how you get your or get like uh, financially stable and so on. Okay, yeah, and another one's the barefoot investor. That's something new for me. I haven't yeah. heard about that. Yeah, that's a it's an Australian book, and it's written really for like just everyday people. Yeah, and it's not really necessarily about investing. It's about utilizing the income you have exactly um, yeah to to kind of get to a comfortable financial state yeah but a little bit about investing in stuff as well yeah, as well. yeah. but yeah it's I'll, I'll put the links in the in the description yeah because cool. there's a few good cool. books yeah and for those you know what i found really cool is uh uh you know i'm opening the restaurants in estonia yeah and uh starting business in estonia has been really interesting yeah and you know thus far really positive 
Um, but I was I was at the bank, LHV, and uh, I was sitting there in their lobby waiting for my appointment. And they have a whole library there of like business, accounting, investing, economics, a whole library of books around money, financial, financial, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and you can borrow them from the bank. Cool. So you just, you know, if you have an account there, you go and you can borrow it for a month. Cool. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's that really was good. a really, really good yeah. system. And I was just sitting there and I picked up like five of them. I was like, man, I've been looking for these books, yeah. you know, because in, yeah. in Finland, you can't find every book in English. You have to usually order it in or yeah. order it from Amazon or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought that was a really cool, cool thing. And that's a good concept, actually. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And there were plenty of people there, you know, while I was there, I was maybe waiting 30, 35 minutes and maybe, I don't know, 10 people had come and taken a book and you know that's good hide it out just, yeah yeah i mean uh, if we talk about financials and the the markets and so on it's it has a very bad taste to it and of course it's it's not the nicest thing that we have but uh, unfortunately money is something that our society runs with so why not learn about how financials work and how you should what the rules are with money because that's that's unfortunately something that runs our society currently 100 percent. you don't have to be passionate about no it, no but you have to have an understanding of yes. It. yes i think like a, you know it's it's very interesting because now sada is seven right yeah. and she's going through school and starting to learn these things and one thing that i realized is like the lessons that she learns at school are really built for today yeah you know and what's happening today yeah but the curriculum's really not built based on a forecast for what it's going to be when she's an adult exactly and it was the same when we were at school yeah you know what i mean like nobody trained me how to run a business throughout a no, pandemic no no <laughs> you know exactly. what i mean yeah and it was i think that's that's definitely one weakness that i think we could solve is if we could educate people not for how to fix their issues today but how to fix their issues and you know 15 years 20 years because i'd like to know how i'm going to fix the issues of when i'm becoming retired yeah do you know what i mean i'm already getting to yeah. that point yeah at the age of 32 where yeah. i'm like all right thinking at, about at some future, point yeah. i'm gonna have to stop working and what does that mean exactly you know what i mean because i what does it mean when i actually require passive income yeah and i'm not going to rely i've already decided i'm not going to rely on the retirement fund system yeah because no 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 we, well, don't, I we don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. I don't even know if it's going to exist at that no, point. No, exactly. You know, and or if it's like you have to be ninety-one before you can retire. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've yeah. been dead already for yeah, twenty exactly. years. Yeah, exactly. Well, it only stretches out further and further, doesn't yeah. it? I yeah. don't think the yes. age of retirement's ever gone down, has it? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, you know, and that's be, that's purely because of and Finland. I have great concerns about mainly because we have a very uh, young population that are focused on white collar work and not getting their hands dirty and then That's also the fact that we have an aging a, a heavily yeah, we have aging too population. little of, of young people also so. yeah and that also so so they can't sustain the needs of the big old population that is left right so we don't we don't have enough kids yeah providing like or, or contributing to the gross yes. domestic product required for the upcoming retirement pool. exactly yeah. yeah and it's going to be really challenging it is. and if we combine that with inflation and we combine that with you know the in you know increased interest yeah and so on and so forth yeah Whew. 
it's making me nervous even talking about it it does yeah and you know one thing that i've said to people throughout covid is that the way the consumerism factor in in finland is quite lightly driven so here we don't have excess huge excess amounts of passive income to drive no. uh, drive the economy forward or no. recover the economy in a short period of time no and people aren't going and spending you know because a tv is half someone's paycheck in most cases you know in comparison to australia where it's 30 of someone's paycheck yeah. so it's yeah. you know a, a difference but uh the the pro the the concern that i have is that following what we've just experienced with covid and lockdowns and now we're going through you know inflation potentially hyperinflation maybe maybe we don't know we don't know no, no one really knows yeah. right does anyone know who can i call <laughs> yeah Go, ghostbusters yeah probably yeah no it's 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 hard to tell what will happen actually mm. it's yeah. so depending on, on on what people will spend on will they spend will they stop spending completely right because if people stop spending completely of course the inflation goes down yeah that's right yeah but it's it's very hard to tell and we you know i think that for me at least i see more negatives over the next five years than i do positives from an, from an economic standpoint five years I think really? so. What is it? 2022. Yeah. So I think 2027 will be the next good the year. next good year. Yeah. I mean, cuz I I don't know who I don't know who it is. You might be able to help me on this. But somebody had had written a a thesis or an article on a 12-year financial cycle. Have you seen that? Or heard about I it? Know, yeah, I know about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, so and it, and it is. It is. Uh, there's always a financial. Is cycle. it 12 years? It's it's some, approximately, approximately 10 years. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's always like a corrections. There's like corrections with uh, like shorter times, and then there's always usually a recession or or depression even. So that depends. That will we go? To, we are in a recession, kind of. Yeah. But will it go to a depression? So that's the question. But what's, usually, what's the defining factor for that? That's a good question. Actually, it, it it has to do with 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 many things. But but uh, when when some like stocks and everything when they go down, like for example, uh, if we talk about indexes, mm -hmm. when they when they they go down over twenty percent, that's a, a recession in the indexes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and usually this happens that uh, when when they're when people are starting to get liquidated and they don't want to spend and they want to take all their money out and everything so then it stops completely so the economy stops people don't use money do you think we'll get bailed out before that point why would we yeah that's a good point. we're not banks no banks get bailed out people don't get bailed yeah, out. yeah but won't that won't that help with i mean how do you bail out do you push more money in the market Mm. That's what they did with COVID. You yeah, can't because at right. some point you, at some point there's too much money out there, and there's not enough like uh, wealth or like real things in the world that are backed up by that money. Yeah. The idea is to have is as that, much is that like money. Commodities. Not only or, commodities. Or, I, I mean, if you build a house, yeah, you create value to the world. Right. And that house. Uh, I mean, you pay for the work and so on. Yeah. But that house will bring more wealth to the world, 
and that can be backed up by more money in the market because now somebody can buy that house for a higher price than what's actually put into it. So that's right. the balance that needs to be between money and uh, assets in the world. Yeah. But now there's too much money okay. compared to the assets. So the money is like uh, not worth as much. Right. So that's what makes the problem that there's kind of an inflation because you have so much money that you can buy and buy and buy and the prices go up and up and up. Yeah. And it's not in balance anymore. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, but this is just like, you scare me. <laughs> <laughs> I probably yeah. say a lot of things wrong, but no. this is just yeah. how I like. No, it's good it. because yeah. I think at the end of the day, whether you're, whether you're right or wrong, I think it's also important that like, you know, you're not a banker or, a, no, no, you no, know, no, 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 I'm not in know, any, any sense, kind like, of financial no, genius. No, no, you're no. just a normal guy that's yeah. trying to make money in different ways, right? Well, you, not, you work. Yeah, you work yeah, a yeah. That's, that's the most important thing that you have a job. Yeah, right. You because have, you have a need to have a stable income. Exactly. You have a full time job. Yeah. You have a couple of assets. Yeah. You have some stocks. Yeah. You know, you you're, just you're, put put aside just Exactly. Bit, but I think for normal people, that's that's the important part. That's yeah. The important factor. And that's that's the thing that you should learn that uh, for that's that's one thing in the in the uh, richest man in Babylon. So that's the first rule. Ten percent of the money that you touch. So if you get a salary, of course, there's this most important things that you need to pay. But before you pay the restaurant before you pay uh, the gas before you pay rent before you pay anything because that's you, you pay that to someone that's your money that you pay to someone yeah so from that lump of sum 10% is yours to keep so you should put that aside right and you should side or invest in of course okay. investing yeah. is better yeah of course okay. yeah so but if you could, if you don't know how to invest it then at least put it aside yeah so yeah. you can you know work towards building a house or whatever. exactly yeah yeah so right. that's the idea that's that, that that's your 10 percent of your gross 10 percent of your gross income uh, after tax after taxing yeah, yeah and everything that's mandatory yeah because gas it's not mandatory food it's not in, no, in a sense no. it's not mandatory no. and uh and uh or you're not you're not forced to buy that or use the money right so if you get a salary the 10 percent is yours to keep so you keep that 10 percent. it's yours you don't put that on it if you buy shoes it's it's not you give that money to somebody else yeah. if you know what I mean yeah so that's the idea one of the rules that at least ten percent you put aside yeah it's a good rule because that's yours to keep and then you can like saw that ten percent and when you saw it yeah then you can reap what it produces so that's like investing so if you put that ten percent on something that can grow yeah. You can reap that that has grown, and you can again invest that, that and then it will Compact. accommodate. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Fun facts. No, I think it's a really good point, and it's a really good, you know, yeah. As I said, I'm going to put the the links in in the description because that's obviously a book that I. Think that's a good. Read. Yeah, that's a good book. And, and the Barefoot Investor actually has some similar principles. Yeah. And yeah. about snowballing loans and so on and so yeah. forth. Yeah. And uh, Yeni and I try to, you know, Yeni, my wife, we try to, we try to. Uh, some of these basic principles also yeah and we find that even if we can't do it every month at least if we can do it for six months of the year it all also helps us some months are more expensive you know what i mean like of course like yeah. winter like winter heating yeah, you know our, our heating bill goes from yeah. 
150 to 400 yeah you know what course. i mean yeah so sometimes you don't have the space with your fixed costs to put away 10 percent. but of course. if you if you understand the basic principle of what's required of it and you build that into your budget then yeah and of course life is full of of like surprises so something can happen that you need to take from everything that you have put aside you need to use from that exactly but that's why you have it side so you're not in, in complete like you have to take a loan or something just to go to the doctor or whatever it is exactly. i mean it's a, exactly it's just like a backup so yeah right speaking about you know home bills and stuff like this <clears throat> so obviously the price of gas is ridiculous in that. Yeah, yeah and i had calculated that including all costs including like parking car maintenance tire wear uh fuel it was 57 euros a day to drive to helsinki so it's 51 kilometers to the center yeah i think roughly yeah um so even if i don't drive anywhere from there which i usually do yeah the 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 total the the total cost is about 57 euros per day and so so i've been getting the bus yeah right yeah and i'm like how have i forgotten about this i was like why do people why do you need a limo driver when you literally have a bus driver yeah so the bus the bus return i think is uh the minimum i think is 12 euros per day yeah if you buy like this season yeah ride card or whatever but think about how much you right yeah huge difference yeah yeah so of course everybody doesn't have the possibility to use a bus but i think that a lot of people could use the bus yeah and i think well at least public transport is also supported from the social side yeah so there's there's you know things you can get for that yeah um but yenny and i we sold one car just to reduce our uh, monthly bills and so on and so forth but what i really wanted to talk about was electric cars because i've been trying to get some reviews on I have a diesel car now mm-hmm. and it's getting to that point where I need to change it. Yeah. And I'm looking at electric cars and yeah. I'm looking at hybrids. Yeah. And you're about to get an electric car. Yes. A Polestar 2. Yes. In black. In black. With a roof window. <laughs> with a roof window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's something I I wouldn't need, but yeah, it's part of the package. Yeah. And why, why did you go for the Polestar? Um it's different mm-hmm. uh, also when I choose a car I need to feel at home when I sit in it so I just I don't just buy a car I'm kind of a feel guy so um, I tested out like the Q4 and uh, all the different uh, versions that are for for elect- fully electric cars of course, the price also. I don't want to. Mm. I don't want it, or I, it's not even possible if it would be like over sixty k or something. Yeah. So the Polestar is something that was in my budget, or in the budget. It's a company car, so in that yeah. sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, and also when I sat in it and I tested it, it felt like home. So yeah, that it's okay. it's very much a be, uh, based on the feel. So it's, a, it's a, from what I could see, it's a little bit less space aging in comparison to a Tesla. It's yeah, a little bit more yeah. kind of like a normal car. Yeah, it's it's more like a normal car. It feels like a normal ice car. So it has all the buttons and uh, like real like uh, physical buttons and so on. Like the Tesla, everything is from the touchscreen. Mm. It's a bit, uh, it's good also. I mean, the Tesla has, Tesla has probably the best technology or d- does also have the best technology. 
and is the most efficient and so on and so on. But it's, 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 it doesn't feel like home for me in Tesla. It's too open. The materials aren't like into my liking. The, the, I shouldn't say this because I'm a big Tesla investor, but <laughs> the, the quality, well, the price is just, yeah, it's it plummeted. Yeah, now. it's plummeted. Yeah, <laughs> but it has plummeted already. But yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, the quality isn't in my liking either. It's I'm more like a German guy. It has to be now everything. So oh. <laughs> big now. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and the Polestar, the quality, it felt really good. All the okay. materials, so nothing like uh, creachy plastic and, uh, yeah. Is there, is there any, It's simplistic like, and right. so on, but it's still like a normal car. Is there any issues with, uh, with the battery life during the winter here? Because, I mean, I actually look today, I have, vi- I have listeners overseas, or we have listeners really? overseas. You have, yeah. yeah. I haven't <laughs> been part of this at all. So, but... Uh, you know here it gets like minus let's say average minus 15. yeah maybe every now and then it gets like 23 yeah but not all the time yeah are there issues with the batteries at that temperature no okay actually uh it's funny because i also had all these like thoughts about the electric car mm. and most of the people have like some sort of a view on what the electric car is so then think about that if it's oh well, too too <laughs> I need to speak louder, but yeah, anyways, uh, people have like their, how do you say it in English? Like, uh, worries. Yeah. Worries. And they have their like views on the, on the electric car in some sense that it's, it's, it doesn't work when it's cold and, uh, the range isn't good enough and so on, but it's a completely different concept with the electric car. Actually in the winter, it's easier with electric car. You don't need to start the motor at all. You press the button and then you go. The only problem is that in winter the range is slower because uh, the battery is also cold. Right. How uh, much lower? Is it oh, uh, it's it's usually usually you can even reduce like thirty percent. But there's a lot of videos. There's a lot of people that have reviewed that uh, the first Polestar actually in Finland was sold to uh, Lapland. Oh, okay. The first Polestar in Finland is in Lapland actually. Okay. I have seen it's a it's a woman that has it. She's a, a real estate agent, and mm-hmm. she got a Polestar. Uh, but anyways, uh, it's not the whole concept or the idea. I mean, people talk about the range like it's such a poor range. It you you only get like two hundred and fifty kilometers or two hundred kilometers or whatever, you know. Uh, so it should be like my diesel car has like eight hundred or thousand kilometers. But the problem is that how many, I, I, I understand like people that are uh, salesmen or something. There are a lot of them on the road and yeah. so on. So it's, it's good to have like 800 kilometers of range yeah. because you don't want to stand at the pump station. But how many people drive more than 50 kilometers? One, like, I mean, one direction, one direction. Yeah. because the difference between an electric car and an ice car is that the electric car is at the pump always when it's stationary. Right. You go from home, you have had it plugged in, you got like the 300 kilometers or whatever. Uh, usually nowadays, like 300 is a quite common range. Uh, you drive to work, it's 50 kilometers, 100 kilometers. It's parked. It's plugged in already and you're back it, up at 300. It can, yeah, and it can be plugged or not, but I mean, how much do you actually 
like travel during yeah. one day yeah so That's it's the, the concept is it's completely different you don't go to the pump station and and like put fuel in it right it's not like okay now 150 kilometers now i have to go and fill it up because it's always when it's stationary it fills up so it's ready to go are you buying electric because of the running cost or for the environmental factor actually because, because the price of electric is or electricity is going up yeah do you have concerns about no that? no 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 uh why i'm buying electric uh is it has nothing to do with the environment <laughs> at okay. all okay um i had a hybrid or have a hybrid uh that was why i took a hybrid was because of taxing yeah right. so it's a lower tax on the hybrid uh, when you get used to the electric i really like it uh, it's just a nice drive feel okay the quietness i mean it's it's so you just like it better i like it better yeah okay it's like some people like diesel because uh you know the how the motor works and so on it, the feel of the yeah the so torque so yeah. exactly and in the electric the torque is like instant right so even though there's not a lot of it doesn't have a need to have a lot of horsepower but the torque is instant okay so i like the electric that's one reason the other one i want to try it and when it's a company car it's easy in that sense third reason is taxing again because uh, there's zero taxes on electric cars now in finland okay, since so how, but how does that work so there's know, no car tax on the electric car so you, you actually it from a company so it's not coming out of your paycheck uh it comes out of my paycheck yeah. because uh the taxing also has to do with uh how much uh the because when you have a company car you you pay for it yeah but it's a lower payment due to the fact that there's a lower tax on the electric cars got you so you can have a more expensive car with lo lower costs no, right yeah and now when there's a uh, zero taxes on on electric cars when you buy new you get more for the money actually also got you got you so yeah got you and one reason is also uh our company uh the company cars that we have they are also monitored by the group that we are part of okay and uh, carbon dioxide footprint is one thing okay and the company cars are of course one part of the companies like uh, business yep so if we have company cars that have a low uh carbon, carbon footprint, footprint, yep. footprint that's like a plus okay for us so that's one reason also okay there you go yeah i haven't i haven't decided yet but let's see but i you know i do do some longer trips and yeah I, and i don't want to have like that i mean vacations range. vacations are like uh, times with when you do longer trips yeah but i'm like driving a uvascular yeah but that's not a problem no no okay it's like one how many kilometers 180 180 probably yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like under that. under 200 true. but that's it's true. no problem that's true and uh and also it's funny if you go on a vacation and so i think that the problem will be that uh, because electric cars have been booming now due to the fuel process prices so it will be interesting when we have the vacation season that will there be any like free charging uh, stations oh, because right. probably it will create some queues before we get our charging network up like in Norway for example it's it's, it's it, they have had electric cars for so long yeah. so it's very good the the charging network so there's a lot of charging stations man i was in Norway a couple of weeks ago for for rugby yeah 
and every second car is electric or a Tesla. Yes, yes. Every second yes. car. Yes, I think like it's, it's over 50%. Yeah. I think it's 70% that's electric in, in Norway. Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, crazy. But the Audi GT looks sick. It does, yeah. It, <laughs> it, does. it looks really it does. good. Yeah. yeah, but it's, but like it's still a, uh, it's a yeah, uh, not not that much, no. no. Okay. But over hundred grand. But it's in Finland. I mean, in Norway, it's it's even better to have elect because uh, the government is deducting the price. So you get, I mean, the Tesla Model S is, I don't know, if, is it sixty thousand or seventy thousand? Yeah, Norwegian crowns. Or, or, or euros, euros, I mean, yeah. 700 yeah. like Norwegian cross. So they, they have much cheaper prices also on the electric cost okay. because the government is like deducting or, or incentivizing it. Yes, exactly. Right. So really interesting. Really interesting. And yeah. the last thing I want to talk about is training. Training. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty sore after yesterday. You are? Yeah. Okay. My, Good. My, my triceps are killing me. The triceps, yeah. okay. Yeah. I think it was from the skull crushers. Yeah, it is. That's the only thing that we oh. did. Oh, we did dips also. Oh, yeah, that's true. But uh, you and I both have, you know, training backgrounds. And I've talked a little bit. I, I had a, a podcast with um, Sada Smets, yeah. who has this kangaroo jump uh, concept here yeah. in Portugal. Yeah. We should do that, is it? Yeah. We should do that one day. Yeah. That would look funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'll wear a dress. But... Um, we, we both have training backgrounds and now we train together. We're yeah. kind of, I could say we're officially training partners. And, uh, but I'm much weaker than you are. But you're an old man, so yeah. your heart rate's what, usually uh, around 600. What the f- <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I can go for longer, but can lift less. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, what's the training program that you're following now? Because I, be, I just be, I come to the gym and you're just like, yeah, it's, up a day and we're doing this and I'm like okay yeah cool but what is this program I saw you yesterday looking at this sheet that you had yeah yeah um, it's it's something new for me because I uh, I well I have trained since I was 15 but uh, the bro split is something that I used the most like what? in the past the bro split explain it for people Bro split is that you do one day you, you do bicep and one day you do tricep and one day you should do forearms. No, but it's like like five splitted. So you have arms, yeah. you have back, you have chest, right. you have yeah. legs if you remember to do them and so on. So you, you like and then you have shoulders. So you kind of like split it up in many, many parts. The nice thing is that you can really like uh, exhaust the muscle that you are tra- training. I like that. So you don't do like back and bias. Uh, no, that's more like a push pull. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like so a tree you, split. You just isolate yeah. a single muscle. Group. Yeah, exactly. How do you fit? What do you do for biceps in a whole session? Uh, well, it's it's usually arms. So you do biceps and triceps. Biceps and triceps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. 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 Yeah, but it's more like, yeah, it's so called bro split. But yeah, that's what I did for a long time. Uh, so very very long sessions and very many work sets and so on. So. That's why I have this kind of a diesel kind of work. High high volume. I can yeah I can do like long sets and uh, yeah. usually in the end of the training I start to warm up. Uh, but yeah, for the longest time I did that. The problem with that is it's, it's probably why people do that is because of bodybuilding and so on. Mm. But those are usually enhanced and uh, it's a completely different story. But for natural trainers, it's probably better to do like shorter sets and uh, sessions and have more frequently uh, especially when you're advanced trainer 
because uh, the protein synthesis is, is shorter. The time when you can kind of grow is shorter and shorter right. the longer you have trained. Yep. So if you have a lot, a lot of training background, it's it's better to get like more frequent. Yeah, I just, I don't grow anymore. You do? No, I don't think so. You do. At least the stomach grows. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. <laughs> that's one part that just just does not give up. Yeah, but I I mean I haven't grown in in I mean it's it's the five ten first years that you have some sort of but then you kind yeah. of it's just stalling out, like most of people wouldn't train nowadays just to train yeah i so just what, train what, because i like what's it. the program that we're doing now what's now it it's now it's a two split program uh, yeah from the bro split then i have done also the three split so that's usually push pull legs right. uh, but now it's a, a two split program uh, so the benefit with that is when you do upper and lower so you can do actually each three times a week within a week span so you get more frequently uh, you get the training more frequently so you can do chest the chest gets its uh, sets like three times a week instead of when you do three split you usually you can do like uh, two times a week yeah so with the with two split program you can do it three times a week yeah. so you get them more frequently yeah and then you can reduce the volume to keep the complete the, the total volume is the same but when you reduce the volume of course you can do you can do like more heavier sets at each training session because you're not exhausted by by the work uh, that you have done before if you do a very long workout of course the first sets that you do and movements that you do you get most out of because you can do use load and so on uh, but then in the end of the session it's more like just you just do something and you probably don't get that much out of it right but i've been really enjoying the upper lower like, yeah, it's quite it's quite good, yeah. Especially for me, you know, I don't I don't have so much time for training these yeah. days. Like I train twice a week on a good week plus rugby. Yeah. On a good week. Yeah. And on a bad week, once in the gym plus rugby. Yeah. But like today's rugby training, but Tuesdays is also my my long office day. Yeah. So it's just not possible. Yeah. But um Thursday and then I have captain's run Friday and then we play we Captain's play. Run. Yeah, that? because we have a international game against Moldova. Oh, yeah, in Helsinki, Bolt Arena, Saturday at two o'clock, I think. So that's a shout out. That's a shout out. Yeah. What come, does it mean? Watch. What does it mean, uh, Captain Ron? Uh, it's it's we it's without the coach. So the the captain of the team oh, okay. takes the session. Yeah. Traditionally, and and it's just like a team run. Okay. Before the game. Oh, okay. So, just kind so of it's like a warm up or something. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. light, and you just run through kind of your strategy for the for the game and okay. and what yeah. you're trying to achieve and so yeah. on. So we had a really good game against Norway, and now we we have a possibility of being promoted. Really? In the European rankings. Cool. Or the European division, I should say. Cool. And if we get if we go up, then I think we might play Sweden, and that would be cool before I retire. Finland's so this is your last year yeah well as you know i need open surgery on my heels which is uh which is a bit shitty and that takes me out for roughly half a year but that's after the season yeah or yeah yeah i'll do it after the season yeah i'll push through the season yeah but um because i've been playing in sweden also for exiles it'd be cool to play against them in finland v sweden for rugby but yeah it's it's cool yeah but i've been enjoying our 
our upper and lower body sessions. And yeah. Yesterday was a d- bit different in comparison to the other upper bodies we had. Yeah, you haven't been at, in all of the sets. No, yet, I usually so end there's, up there's, being there's there on three fucking legs day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that that's when we that's when I still did just two times a week. But ah, okay. now it's three times a week. Ah, right. So it's it's uh, there's a bit different. Yeah, but I also more. like at the end of the session you do just do like the a week body a part. Week part. Yes, but we've decided we don't have any week body parts no no we're so, perfect yeah or actually the problem is that everything is a weakness so it doesn't matter what we do <laughs> that's all the truth <laughs> yeah yeah just yeah. the fact that we're there is enough yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah but i mean lower body is usually coughs yeah yeah that's true so yeah for me actually it's biceps on lower body days yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> whatever you say that's my weakness <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah. You can but, never do too much biceps. No, no. <laughs> Talk about bro split. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's biceps, triceps, and then biceps, chest, chest, chest and yeah. biceps yeah. back. Yeah, and biceps, yeah. legs. Yeah, <laughs> legs. No, that's that's out of the question. No. Yeah. yeah, but hey, I you know I think we we spoke about a lot and we compacted a lot into our first podcast together. And you're going to yeah. be on the show more frequently, aren't you? So I yeah. think next time we catch up, we yeah. should talk a little bit more about compact housing solutions. Yeah, yeah, and, um, the concept. The concept and CODA and what options there are out there for people that are interested in the compact housing market. Yeah. And I think that would be a good place for us to to uh, to address. Yeah, sounds good. Cool, good to see you, brother. You too. <laughs> see you. See you.